I am Laura McCowan. And I am Holly Whitaker. And this is Home Podcast. And so it would begin. Do I have an accent? Do you have a California Valley Girl talk? Hmm. But it's not like, I wouldn't say it's an accent. But I guess that is well, an that's accent. that's an accent. Yeah, you do. Is it pronounced? Do no. Uh, do you? Um, I don't know. You don't sound like you're from Boston, but and I don't know what the fuck Colorado people are supposed to sound like. White? Colorado is normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, Colorado's like newscaster. Uh, There's no accent. Um, but I've been told I have different varying accents. I think I've just picked up on certain words, but nothing Boston-like. I... I there's no, nothing there. Not many people Boston. have the Boston accent. We've haven't we discussed this? Well, yes. I mean, that's not true. <laughs> everyone, everyone. I bet if I threw rocks out my window, um, <laughs> nine out of the ten people I would hit have Boston accents. But well, we've talked I, about this before with somebody from Boston. Where well, with Jordan. you, with who? Jordan. Oh yeah, Jordan. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I well, I was thinking of never mind. Um right. Right. Okay. Anyway, how are you? Why have you been told lately that you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Liar. All right. No, so, it's true. I haven't. You just it was something you woke up wondering today? It's actually something I just wondered as I was talking when we started because I said, I am Holly Whitaker. I am Holly, Holly Whitaker. Whitaker. And this is Home Podcast. Oh my. What? Like, like my favorite thing to this do. Is so like fun. Okay, Laura. Um, no, I just heard myself. You know, sometimes you hear yeah. yourself and I'm like, wait. Yeah. God, can I say this without sounding like that is what I was thinking. Um, and fuck it. I like it. I like my fucking accent. I mean, we get called Valley Girls not kindly by people. And the use of our word like is, you know, both of us do. Not just me. Both of us. Oh, yes. The yes, two yes. of us. Two Valley Girls sitting around talking about dick. All right. <laughs> like dick. Um, like. Laura. Do you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, honey, um, what's new? What's going on? How are you doing? We're going to do a check-in episode. Do you want to just jump into it? You got anything you want to, like, preface this yeah, episode no, let's, with? Let's just chat first. You want to talk um, about my – can I every can, – can on every podcast that we do from now on, we talk about how my cat ruins everything in my home? <laughs> like, no, I, I put – well, I spent $2,000 hanging wallpaper. And uh, I walk out last oh. night and she's scratching the fucking wallpaper. I'm not oh kidding. I'm not kidding. Does it have actual scratches in it? Like, is it torn off not in places? Not yet because her nails are slightly clipped. But, Oof. I mean, she's just – I got to get – I mean, I got like, – she keeps breaking toys. I got to get her a scratch. I'm going to get her a scratch post today. Um, mm-hmm. But she's just – oh, my God. She's so insane. Yeah. She just I like mean, while I record, well, I, like she has to be around me all the time, which just means I have to watch her destroy my house. Like she she does it in close. She doesn't go and do it in secret. She does it in front of me. Um, so you really have found your spirit animal. Oh. I mean, she even looks like you. I know. 
And she so great. stares at me. I showed you that picture yesterday. She like, I have a mirror in my room now and she sits and looks in the mirror and it looks like she's from behind. It just looks like she's staring at herself. But then if you move <laughs> your head, you realize like she, like I'm my laptop's usually in the way and then I move my laptop and she's just sitting there staring at me. She just yeah. stares. She just walks around and stares at me and is close to me. Yeah. Oh God. Mary Catherine, you devil. Anyway, um, I saw the cutest cat last night out trick or treating, um, but not a cat like a human dress is a cat. No, it was a cat inside someone's house that the kids were okay. trick or treating at, <laughs> and the cat was looking out. And the, you know, cats, I feel like they don't usually just chill and watch people. They usually are not. I don't know. This cat was so cool, and it was. I'm sure mm-hmm. someone could maybe comment and tell us later, but it was a Scottish fowl it had no you know how they look like they have no ears their ears are so little that they're like tucked in oh yeah I do know those cats and it had big blue eyes and um almost freaking out she was like that is the cat we're because we're going to get a cat I think it's like pretty soon like maybe in the next few weeks um and so she was like that is the kind I want so I asked the owner I was like does that kind of shed and she's like yes unfortunately a lot so I was like oh um because I have several allergic people in my life um so we're gonna we're debating between a Siamese or now this type is in the fold I feel like you need to get this type I mean it looked like Alma (laughs) big blue eyes (laughs) it was so trippy Uh. I think you need to get this cat. I think we all know that. Siamese are great. I've never wanted one. Some people just love the Siamese. I would well, I would like a Persian, like if anything. I love their little scrunched up faces. Yeah. I like all kinds. I mean, I'm all for like a mutt, you know. Yeah, Mary Catherine's a uh, mutt. Yeah. So we'll see. We're going to go to the animal shelter maybe two weeks from now and see. Oh, good. I'm happy. Makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my house is finally complete and set up, and why we're t- not? I mean, we're talking about another sh- sentient being, <laughs> right? Oh, I thought you were gonna like moving on to that, and I was like, we, oh no, no, but we're talking about that. This is a check-in episode, so yes, let's, yeah, okay. Let's shall we just How get to you? It? Yeah, let's get to it. Okay, thanks. Get to everything. Okay, I'm great. I, I'll tell you all about it in four questions. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Okay. Well. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Which one do you want? No, I picked the order last time, so you pick the order. You can talk first, but you pick the fucking order. I'm not picking the order. Okay. So I pick – let's do home. I choose you, Pikachu. Okay. You want to do home? All right. Great. Yeah. Laura, how's your home life? It is the best home life ever that's ever been. Mm. I'm seriously in heaven. It's like – I've never been, I've never had a home of my own that I have been so happy to be in. Yeah. Um, I've never had a home where it's decorated exactly how I would want it. And it feels so like me. Yeah. And I've put such like attention and care into it. And I hung the last, there's two final things. Um, One is I hung curtains. They came this morning uh, and those look awesome. You already hung yeah. them? Did you have yeah, to install I mean, any hardware? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That, I wouldn't have if that. Wow. You know. 
Yeah, it was already installed. He had curtains here before, um, these really crazy pink curtains that I told him to take. And so there was already hardware installed. So I put those up this this morning and then my dresser arrives on Saturday. And so I won't be picking up clothes off the floor anymore. And, and that's it. Like, it's just crazy. And I love the place and the sunrises are ridiculous. I bet. Do you, what does your bedroom window look out at? At the water. Okay. That's amazing. It's a little bedroom window, but, <clears throat> but downstairs on the couch, if you look out, it's facing water and facing the sunrise. So it's just mm. silly. And, um, I've had, doesn't it just feel so there? amazing to feel at home in your home? It is like, and it's such a, uh, it's so much more than, you know, just the, decorating and all that it's like just such a outward expression of so much growth you yeah. know yeah like I was able to buy things that I really want not just buy things that are I can afford or like take furniture from other people that I have inherited because I can't buy my own you know I got to like actually pick and I mean my place looks like in like it, it doesn't even there's it doesn't even look like where I lived before. Well, no, where you lived before was it was lovely, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like. I mean, there was homey aspects to it, but I like I would love the like the pictures I've seen. I would love to come and be in the space that you've created and the place that you were before felt transitioner. Like it did feel like it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like half my furniture from when I was married and, you know, like a brown leather couch. I would never pick a brown leather couch, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, it feels good. And then I've had people over, like I had a party on Saturday. I haven't had, a, I haven't had a party in like four years, you know? Yeah. Um, I haven't either. And I won't. <laughs> it felt awesome. It I was bet. like, I mean, it was, it, uh, first of all, I forgot how um, much work, much it work is. goes into having a party. Exactly. I forgot. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, like just preparing and thinking. And I had that freak out moment you always have before. Where I'm like, oh, my God, we have no, no, we don't have enough food. And then there was. And you weed. always have way too much food. Way yeah. too much food. And, and then there was what? It, it was just like, and then there was a lot of people. Like my yeah. place isn't big. So it was a ton of kids and it was Halloween. So people were. De- you know, dressed up. and But it was so great. It was nice for so many reasons. I mean, one, it's like, oh, my God, I actually have, like, a group of friends now, which I haven't had for so long. Yeah. And it was a little colliding of worlds because my, you know, Alma's dad was here and all his family was here because they all live right here. And that was kind of funny. Like, when he left after, like, an hour because he had a party to go to in Boston, um. And one of our mutual friends, one of the guys, like, looked at the other guy, another guy, and he's like, dude, what? Why aren't we divorced? This is stupid. Like, he just comes here. He says hey to his family, like, hangs out with his daughter, <laughs> and then he goes to a fucking party. <laughs> like, what are we doing? This is so dumb. Yeah. That's the best deal ever. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, divorce is definitely <laughs> worth it for that. <laughs> Smart. Smart guys. Smart guys. They should totally look into divorce. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty funny, though. Um, Uh, So home is awesome. I, oh, and and we talked about it in the last episode. I have so much white 
It feels so good. I love white. I know. Well, we talked, didn't we talk about that where like now we can Mm -hmm. own white things? Yeah. I was talking about that with somebody else recently too. Like who was that with? I don't even remember what day it is anymore. But like, yeah, I mean, I own so much white and I'm really like, and I'm not running around worried that like I'm going to either spill food on it or, you know, wine or ash. It's, um, uh, yeah. It's white is is definitely like the the signature color of an adult. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is, <laughs> or a virgin. Oh yeah, which that. I might become, you know, soon. I know, I know. I feel you. I feel you. I <laughs> we'll wait for that part. I was <laughs> like, I feel you. <laughs> so home is awesome. I'm super happy. I don't. I never want to leave. I have no trips planned. And I don't want to make any um, – I know you want me to come to New York, and I might do that. Yeah, but just for a night. But other than that, I am, I'm, like, solidly home-bodied. Yeah, me too. I feel you, and it's great, isn't it? You're anchored. It's you're slimy. anchored. And when you have that yes. anchoring, then you're able to go out and fly um, and do right. all these things. Yeah. And it takes and – and also, it's not something that can just be immediately achieved. I think, like – well, I'll talk about it when I talk about my home life, but – I think it's it's really like yeah. um yeah anyway. it takes some settling into like it takes some movement to settle into it. It's like when you after a kundalini yeah. meditation, sometimes you shake for like a minute, yeah, so that you can settle. Yeah, and I haven't been settled for so long. I mean, I don't know if I've ever really been settled. You know, like yeah, I'm just gonna stay on this topic for a minute because it's really it's really a big deal. Like I. Uh, we were talking about this last night because Alma had to switch schools and we were talking about it with a big group of people. Like her dad was really worried about it because he had to switch schools a bunch of times growing up. And I never did, which I thought, which made me laugh because my life was so kind of chaotic, but that never changed. Like my parents got divorced all the time. You know, yeah, not not to each other, but to other people. I mean, my life was constantly being blown up. Yeah, and but I never had to switch schools, so I wasn't nervous about it at all. I was like, "It's fine. She's fine. It's not yeah. a big deal." Yeah, but um, he was because he'd done it. So we were talking about that, and then I was just thinking, you know, I, 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 uh, my parents also didn't move a lot, um, but you know, getting divorced and changing families meant that there was a ton of like very different variations of where we, where our home was. And since then, you know, I went to college and then I came out here and through my twenties, I moved, I literally moved every year, I feel like. And then I, we, I did have a, a small window of being settled when we first got married, we bought a place and I, I was so in love with it. I still have dreams about that place because I loved it so much. And then we promptly decided to fucking leave and moved to Colorado and we left that place and you know, like we were there for less than a year. And then I, since then, I mean, then since then it's been total chaos, you know, place to place, place, place. And then after the divorce, I was just like in survival mode and those two places I lived after that. So this is the first time in my adult life at 40 years old that I have ever been settled. Um, crazy. Well, I think it's it's funny because a couple years ago when I was in LA, I was talking to one of my good girlfriends and who's known me for years. She'd been a roommate of mine and 
I said, she said, I almost feel like you are more comfort, you're more comfortable and more settled in the chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was right. Um, I'm the same as you. Like I have, when I was, I mean, I went to school in Santa Cruz. I think I lived, I was there for like three years and I lived in, I think I lived in five different homes. And I, you know, and I, I just, like, I remember I had to, when I went to work, at, I went to work at Heinz Real Estate and they did a significant background check on me. And I remember having to list off every address that I'd had yeah. and it <laughs> being an ordeal, you know? And so I just, like, I have never, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that mm-hmm. there is almost, and, and I think, Honestly, I think for a really long time, I was a lot more settled. I was more comfortable in the, the always changing. Oh, that was completely. just more, yeah. But totally. Not, but not anymore. I would get, I would, I would just do that on purpose. Like right. I would change something on purpose. If, if right. I got bored, yeah, I would like rearrange a room in my house after six months. Cause it just felt too same, same. And, yeah. or like I would. Yeah, completely comfortable in chaos. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I live there anymore. I don't think I'm comfortable (gasps) in chaos anymore. Me either. Yeah. It feels so good to feel that way. I agree. (laughs) But it wouldn't have – it would have felt stifling at another point in my life. It would have felt incredibly – Oh, that's why marriage – I mean, one of the many reasons why marriage felt like I wanted to just – it was just like death sentence, you know? Yeah. You're like – I'm locked in. What? This is never going to change. Fuck. Yeah. That is a wild thought. When you've never had that before. (laughs) Oh, so how's, how's home for you? I'm sitting and looking out into the bay. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, home is like it's. I it's not where you're at, and I don't know why it's been so. I mean, I guess I know why. Mm-hmm. I guess, but like it's been so hard to settle into this place. I like I bought, you know, I had wallpaper hung, and and I had it it like, and also I had it so that as soon as wallpaper was hung, I had somebody to come in and install everything on the wall. And right. then there wasn't enough wallpaper, so they couldn't finish the job. And the guy came and he could only hang one shelf. And my couch hasn't – like, everything hasn't come. Like, and I only have silverware. I still have no plates, no knives. I haven't cooked anything in my kitchen in two months. I've been here for two months. And yeah. I I mean, everything is still – lots of things are still in boxes. And it's very upsetting. Um, and I'm really tired of it. My family's coming this weekend and I don't have a couch. Yeah, I would be very tired of it too. I might. I think. I guess I'm gonna go. I guess I'm gonna go to Target and get like blow up furniture. I don't know where else to have them sit. You know, um, and oh. I'm just pissed. And you know, like also fuck you, West Elm. Like I'm just gonna say it. Like fuck you. You can't leave reviews on their website. So um, don't ever order anything from West Elm because they will fuck you in the ass over the delivery. Um, so so yeah. I am. I'm at my. I'm at my wit's end. My family's coming, and I had this idea in my mind that we would all be sitting in a room together, eating and um, hanging out in your new decorated apartment. And there's boxes, and it's you know. So yeah. Um. So yeah. It's just wait. How's your TV? 
Oh, it's great, but I forgot to get – I need to get Apple TV, so it also doesn't work. I don't know. I, like I said, everything is, like, half-baked. It's, like – Yeah, yeah. And it won't always be this way, you know, um, but it is this way right now, and it's very uncomfortable. Um, it just feels like I'm living it, – it feels like I'm I'm living in a um, – I'm still haven't been able to root in, and that feels very distressing to me. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I totally get it. I would and, be very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the other part of this is I'm just really busy with a lot of other things. And so it's right. not like I can do the, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's not like I can put my full attention on, on, on getting, you know, this, all this stuff done. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's it. This is, this is my home life. Um, but it is, yeah. I love where I like, I love being in San Francisco. It, that feels yeah. like, this mm-hmm. feels like home. Um, I know I belong here and that feels like, I mean, I think that that's one of these things where I know where I want to be. And I think that that's really important. Um, oh, it's the best. Yeah. Best, 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 best. Yes. Because yeah. sometimes and, we're not where we want to be. And for good reasons, you know, um, we just can't be or whatever. Um, but sometimes we're not where we want to be for not good reasons. And you still can't, like, necessarily change it or whatever. And so it's it's kind of a gift. <laughs> well, it's a really big deal because I've never felt like I mean I lived here, but I never liked where I lived when I lived here. I always mm-hmm. felt like it was a really it was a really hard life when I lived here before. Yeah, um, you know, I was in a seventh floor, like mostly. I mean, for the most part, walk up. Um, I had I was in you know trapped in rent control. I didn't have laundry. Didn't have a dishwasher. It was very oh, small God. apartment. I didn't have a car. Um, you know, everything was difficult and I also felt like I couldn't do better than that as in I couldn't do like that. Couldn't get out of that. Right. And it was really hard to imagine something beyond that, even though, and, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just never, it's, everything has always felt very transitional and like I haven't arrived and I don't Mm -hmm. mean arrived financially. I don't mean arrived materially. I mean, arrived into a place where I am able to plan a life around it. Yes. And you feel good about it. Like you feel good about what you're, I I totally get that. I felt that way living in the city almost all the time. I mean, there were times when I didn't care, you know, in my twenties, but then I started to care, you know, and I too felt like I could never live there and be like free. Like it felt, yeah, like you said, like you could build a life around it and it, and you could like push off. Yeah, I was always waiting for it to like end. So, mm-hmm. so now it feels like doesn't feel like that. It feels like I know I'll be in this apartment for about two years. I was talking to my friend Genevieve the other day about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll be here for two years at least." And um, and I and that's enough time to make it a home, and then I can look for something that's even a little bit more permanent. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, home life is good. Um, having a cat is amazing. I like. <laughs> I mean, is it I, even though she's cra- like, do, are oh, you so I just, glad like, you got love, her? I mean, I love bitching about her um, right. because she really, is, I mean, she really is a handful um, and she is like having a child, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's just great. Like I don't, she doesn't sleep in the room with me. She sleeps out in the living room. And um, like last night I couldn't go to sleep and I tried and I, you know, I shut her out of the room and I like opened the door and I was like, and I just announced like, okay, I can't go to bed. 
And I was like, let's watch TV. And like, I, I like open the door and like she runs in and jumps up next to me and like sits in bed and we watch, you know, like we watch 30 Rock on my laptop. What does she like to watch? 30 Rock? <laughs> she likes to watch me while I watch TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but awesome. it was just like, it's just funny because I actually like don't feel like I'm alone. Um, and that's good. Anyway, yes. so that's my home life. No, home life that's good. Um, oh, good. Yeah, it's good. It's okay. So next transition. Whichever one you want. You just go. Start talking. Um, State we'll it. Sobri- sobriety, because that's always weird. <laughs> I was I so I ran before we got on and I was thinking about like what's going on in the areas that we talk about in sobriety. I was like, I really have nothing to say about sobriety. Um, although I will say this because it was kind of cool. Um, I haven't had a party. Since I got sober, I used to be, my house used to be the gathering spot or one of them. You know, I always had people over. Um, That's how my mom was when I was growing up. I just had people knew they could come over to my house and I always had people over and we always drank and we ate and hung out and whatever. And I completely stopped doing that when I moved into my last place because I was getting sober and I just couldn't deal. I just couldn't deal. I didn't want to have people over. I couldn't decide, like, I didn't deal with, I couldn't deal with the alcohol question. You know, I was not going to have it in my house and I didn't have any friends to have people over without it being completely fucking exhausting to me. So I just didn't. Yeah. And that felt really good at the time. And then I felt like I was ready to start having more of a social life again. And so having the party, I I thought about it. I was like, okay, do I want to have, because th- no one was sober at this. None of the adults are sober at this. All the kids are sober. <laughs> None of the adults were sober <laughs> at this party besides me. But was so, anybody drunk? No, not at all. So nobody so, that came to your party doesn't drink? Uh, no, I said... No, no one that came to my party doesn't drink. Uh-uh. Huh. But a couple of a couple of the women don't drink. Like they don't really care. Like I, I think a couple of them weren't drinking. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they just don't. But um, you have a lot of sober friends, right? I do, but this is like the people that came are like my 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 social life is very compartmentalized still. Like not on purpose necessarily. It's just like I have sober friends, but the but my sober friends like don't really live here. They're like you, <laughs> the entire online world, <laughs> meadow, you know, people that live all over the place. And then yeah. of course there's like the Boston like AA crew, but those aren't people I would invite to my party because the people I invited are all Alma's like friends, parents. Yeah. That okay. I have become actual friends with that Got I it. actually really like and Got would it. hang out in real life on my own. Got it. So, so that was the people because it was a kids thing too. It was like a Halloween thing. So, uh, but before I had the party, I was like, and before I sent out the the invite, I was like, okay, am I gonna have alcohol or not? You know, and I was like, I I will because I don't like I'm fine with that, and I feel like I want people to, I don't want people to feel like if they come to my house, it has to be like sober, you know, and um. It's never going to be a place where you go and get hammered, but I'm, I don't need it to feel like that. And so I decided I would buy a little bit and just tell people they could bring stuff. But it, the day got here and I was like, 
I don't know what to buy. Like, what do people drink? And so I had Alma's dad go get stuff and we didn't like, we got like barely anything. And, um, the cool part though, was I seriously didn't think about it or notice it once in the entire party. Yeah. I never had those thoughts. Like when I would have, I knew the reason I didn't have people over for for that long was the same reason I didn't go to certain social stuff because I just didn't even want it in my mind. I didn't want to notice other people. I didn't want to have the debate of whether I was or wasn't. I didn't want to feel like something was missing. I didn't because for me, it, it did feel like that for a very long time. Like I really did want to drink and I would it would be like this heavy um physical sensation of like really fucking wanting to drink and I didn't want to deal with any of that so I just didn't and I didn't how I don't feel any of that not in the like getting ready part you know not in the during and then only in the after when there was a bunch left and I was like I just gave it to people to to take I did like look at the wine I was like oh yeah god I used to love you so much <laughs> yeah. I, I think so it's you. so funny because I in the beginning was made sure that I had that I served alcohol. I kept alcohol in my house and I never had a problem with it. Like mm-hmm. with like being around it. It didn't I it was get it was a new normal. It was getting used to it was getting used to not drinking on some level and getting used to that normalcy. But it's funny when you told me that you were having alcohol, I was um I was a little surprised by it. Yeah, I know. You asked me and, and, um, yeah, I know. I think it's because when, in my mind where I'm at at this point, I wouldn't. And, and, and for me, it's a really, I mean, this is a really personal choice. It's a very personal choice and it's, you know, like everyone like gets to do, you know, like we all get to have our personal choices around this. For me, I feel like it would be like serving, if I stopped doing cocaine, like serving cocaine in my apartment, you know? And, and for me, it's also this thing that I feel like I just, um, and like, like, I, I guess like, I don't know if it's, I don't know how to say it other than to say like, not here. I don't do that. Like respect my fucking house. Like if I'm going to have a party, like make it a night without drinking. And I know that that's not a very popular thing to think. And I know it sounds a little like, um, I don't know. I don't even know how it sounds, but for me, I just, I don't like, I'm so against alcohol, um, like, and the normalization of it. If I didn't, if I didn't do coke, if I didn't do heroin, you know what I mean. If I'd struggled, not done these things, I would be very appalled at having that in my house. Like I wouldn't allow it in my space. And yeah. so I think it's, um, I don't know. And I feel like when I used to do it, I used like that it was. I mean, I, I used to. I had a much different opinion about it. And I don't mind when I go out and people are drinking. I don't mind going to parties and pe- you know whatever, what the fuck ever. But I do feel like there's a certain thing of like I have a very specific stance on this. And I don't know. I think it's an. I think it's a really interesting thing. Um, is that? Yeah, and it the, is. Was that the first time that you'd? And I know you. And the other part is, I thought it was interesting that you wouldn't buy it, but you had you had your your ex buy it. Um, well, I went with him to buy it, and I like it wasn't that I like. I've been in liquor stores a bunch of times because when we go up to like the ski house sometimes they'll ask me on the way, you know, when I go, <clears throat> cause I'll go get stuff to make dinner and, and I'll ask like, do you guys want anything? And, you know, I mean, the reality is I, I it is a totally personal thing. And I, I feel very strongly about drinking too, 
But I also, um, it's like going to be always be a situation by situation decision for me, you know, like it was less, it was not important for me to push that in my house this time because of the people that I was having over. And I know none of them like drink, drink, like it wasn't like that. It was a kid's party. And I want my place to be a place where people do are themselves. And if, and the way that, especially the guys, that's what they do is they have a couple beers when they get together and okay, that's fine with me. Like, it's fine with me, you know, but I will never have it in my house. Like there's nothing left here. And if I had girlfriends over to have dinner, I wouldn't serve anything and no one would bring anything either. Like, I just know that, you know what I mean? Because they know. Yeah. So it's a very like case by case basis. Um, for me. And I think because I have so many people in my life who drink. um, And the cool thing was, you know, I'm just thinking to that night, we sat there and talked uh, on the deck and a bunch of people were talking about one of my blog posts and about like, some what someone was mentioning about how their sister, you know, she they sent it to their sister. And we ended up having this whole conversation about drinking. So it's like, to me, it is just important that the conversation is, is still like, it's, it's not that I'm hiding anything or I'm trying, like, I didn't feel like I was, um, it's like similar to dating, you know, I didn't feel like I was, um, compromising any part of myself. If I did, that would feel really bad. When no, I get it. And I don't think you, I don't, I'm not suggesting that at all. I think it's really, no, I know. We're just talking just really it out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, what I'm about this part? It out can we, can I ask you something? And this might be, this might be pushing it a little too far, but like, what about the fact that like you write about, um, moms and drinking and, and the, you know, the influence that has on kids and then having a party mm-hmm. with kids and also where people are drinking in front of them. How does that yeah. work? And I'm just like, it's a, that's a, I'm like squeezing my fists as I ask it, but I'm like, I have to ask this. Oh, no, like, ask can, it. How do I mean, how can you, when you're, when you're so outspoken, I mean, you wrote that piece, baby on, you know, baby on the hips, wine on the lips. And then that right. got like a couple hundred thousand hits on mm-hmm. Huffington Post. And you're like this voice for it. How does that reconcile with hosting a party where you, where, where moms and dads are drinking in front of their kids? Yeah. (laughs) I have to think about it because to me, it's a very different thing to like have a party that is, um, to have a party that is advertised as wine and babies to get moms there, which doesn't even suggest it outwardly like communicates that these things go together and that this is how women bond, right? Then having a party where alcohol's like, it's not even in the foreground. It was like way in the background for, for me. And I guess there's no way, like this is when, I don't ever believe in absolutes really of any kind. Like it's never black and white. So there's this huge spectrum of spectrum of gray. And um, for me, it's always an internal thing. Like, does this feel wrong to me? Yeah. Does this feel in violation with some part of me? Yeah. And the answer for that was no. And 
the answer for something else would be a definite yes. And I, and I, to pick it apart is, is difficult. I mean, it's, it's important to pick it apart because as you're asking, I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. Why was I okay with that? And, you know, if you want to get into the kid thing, you know, I, I also never want to turn out. I never want to demonize alcohol to my daughter because I think that's the fastest way to get her to do, you know, want to do it. I just want to be honest about it. Like, look, this is why I used to do it. And this is why I don't do it anymore. Some people do. Some people don't. You don't ever have to. It's not, you know, what equals like for her to be able to see me as someone who doesn't drink having fun and being in the world and doing things that I love and to see other people, you know, that are drinking and maybe doing those same things. Like, I think that gives her actually a really balanced view and I'll always be honest with her, you know, not at the age of eight, but when she's maybe ready for it about what it actually looks like for me and what I think it is for other people too. Um, but if it was, you know, if I thought I was going to be having a party where drinking would be like the central focus and people would be getting like people would be drinking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, well, I would never have that party, <laughs> you know, I would never. So, yeah, it's a really good question because I think this is something that everybody has to figure out on their own, this like internal uh, barometer of what feels violating to them. I think it's so interesting that you said demonize. It made my whole body hurt because on, a, on some level, like you speak very explicitly about alcohol and what alcohol is. And I think that saying – I don't think there's anything wrong. I think like saying demonizing it, like like I know we're getting into this whole off thing, off track thing. But like That's when okay. you say demonizing it, you sound like somebody that like some people that have written me a letter that say like that, that equate some of the things I write to what like their Baptist preacher might say. Or to oh yeah, you know, They've and so me I the think yeah. right, and so I think when you say demonize versus like being very clear that like that you think it's ridiculous that adults need to drink to be able to get through oh. uh, a pleasurable social occasion are two very different things. And totally. I think like I would be very totally. careful about saying demonize. I think you can say I mean when you don't when you don't serve heroin, you know, like you're not exposing her to people using heroin you know, um, in a, in a socially accept in a, in a normal way and giving her that balance, you know what I mean? And so like, I just, when we get into this talk about like, I mean, no, like- but that's actually what I really meant. Like, I think there is, you don't demonize alcohol and neither do I, Right. but I think, I think that's exactly what I don't want to do. I don't think that. No, I know it's I, really tricky, but I, I like, I just want to kind of stay with it. Yeah, totally. I think that that's the tricky part, right? Like, I want to tell her, and I will tell her, and I have told her, I think it is ridiculous. I think it's, you know, we, her dad and I are going to have to have a lot of talks about this, because we have already had disagreements in how we talk to her about it. He is of the mind that she's going to do it. And so let's have it be known. And she, we can be the, you know, the parents that get called and to go pick her up. And I'm like, fuck, that fuck that is not that is not the message that will be going out ever right well i mean you i know. think it's so interesting that i i read something aaron aaron sent me aaron aaron shaw um sent me something recently about this woman that so like serves her kids wine at dinner because of the european style and i was just like laughing because because it's the european style works in europe 
<laughs> yeah, because they have because they have a very <laughs> different social like construct around booze. And right. if you think you can start to, in a vacuum, present that culture to your children in America, where <laughs> like the like, where people are like where the you know depression rates, where the number of people that are like. Um, disabled, like, like disabled, mentally ill, like that. You know what I mean? Like, we're mm-hmm. in the last since the Las Vegas massacre, uh, nearly a thousand people have died from guns. Um, like, when you think right. that in that culture you can introduce this, 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 like, exact anyway. And so we got into it, and she was the woman was like, "I'm not going to demonize alcohol, so I'm going to serve them alcohol." And it's like to me, like mm-hmm. microdosing heroin. I'm like, I know I keep going back to the heroin thing, but like. It's just no different. Like, it's no different. You're introducing a drug. And I just thought it was – anyway, I think it's – but she had said very specifically, I'm not going to demonize alcohol. And when people start saying that, like, I believe in legalization, right, and decriminalization. Like, let people right. do what they want to do and do not send them to jail. Um, tell them for, exactly you know, what right. – talk to talk to your kids about exactly what happens when you do that right. stuff. Right, That's and, – and, yeah, I guess – there is this, it's an interesting question. I'm so glad you asked me because it's true. I have a very strong stance on how heavily uh, it's promoted, especially in certain cultures like mom culture, how normalized it is in every fucking setting. Um, and then, you know, I have a party where I'm okay with having alcohol and I don't, I don't know how to explain that. And I don't think I, I'm not, I don't think I have to explain it. I think my explanation is that it is, oh, everything is a gray area. I, I think whenever we say it's always this or always that in, in regards to anything, um, we lose the, the conversation. And so there's, there's this gray area, uh, always and, it's an internal thing. Like I said, you know, there's like, am I, am I okay with this? And to say that, honestly, like not, am I doing this so that people will like me? Am I doing this? Cause I'm afraid if I don't blah, 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 you know, I don't think that's it. I do. I think it's interesting. Daniel Kahneman, he wrote, you know, um, thinking fast and slow. He was Mm -hmm. on Krista Tippett recently. And he Mm -hmm. says, I think he said, you know, like he basically his argument is there's no logic that people have gut reactions and gut answers yeah. to why they believe what they believe, and anything to try and support that is usually comes is is conjured after the fact. Yes. Meaning, like anything that we like, any reason we say why, you know, like any argument mm-hmm. that we boil up is not be is it's not the argument doesn't lead to the conclusion. The conclusion has already been drawn. The argument is just a way to try and uphold the conclusion. Yeah. Um, and I it's think like, like it's what yeah. you said is like the best, which is it just didn't. It just worked. Like for whatever for whatever reason, it made sense. It makes sense. And and that's that. Um, I just thought it was a really interesting thing um, and I wanted to explore it further. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny because Pete um, Rollins, who brought Bell House on the on all the time says you know you know nobody knows what they believe they you have to look at what you do (laughs) to know what you actually believe Um, yeah and so it's true I mean I I look at what I do most of the time and uh, you know is it is uh, a reflection of what I what I believe Um, but sometimes I have to check myself like maybe I believe something different I don't know and this Mm. is I you know these are the conversations that are just forever evolving and you know I think like we talked to Megan Peters last night, like, okay, well, what if you have, what if you have a uh, last night, last episode no, where you have, ago. 
two episodes where you have a spouse who drinks in your house. Like, do you just draw the line and say, no, you're never allowed to drink here again? You know, every person has to make those decisions for themselves. And it's, it's fascinating to like get there. I just know I had to push the boundary all the way out, you know, for a, for a long time. And then I was allowed to, to explore. I had the, the sobriety and the stability to explore what I actually wanted. Um, and I think for me, it will always look like I'll never have it in my house ever. Um, but maybe there's sometimes when I have people over and it's cool with me. Maybe sometimes I will suddenly realize I don't ever want that again, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So that was much longer than I thought. But yeah. that's less the breath. Great. Mine's going great. It's been five years and a few weeks since I started this journey. Um, and um, I don't know. I mean, other than to say, like, I'm the most me I've ever been. I get – I grow up, like – more and more almost like mm-hmm. every day. I don't know how else to say that other than to say like the, it's it's just bled into every fat like every every facet of my life. Um and it's good. I mean it's going good. I don't know what else to say other than that. It's very weird you that don't have to. that 5 years has been that it's been 5 years since I started working on it. Um I mean I as in I, I think I stopped around like the I think actually it was I don't even know anymore. I had these dates written and figured out at one point. But I think that the first time I stopped was around the, towards the end of October. Right. And then – or middle middle to end. And then I drank again in middle to late December. And then I stopped again um, in Jan- – no, in April of 2013. But I started – I mean, just like, you know, the grace that I, you know – um, offer everyone else like it starts when it starts like you know you practice you you know you fail you build success on failure all that and for me it started over five years ago and I mean in in a few short months it'll be five years since I've had a drink and um I don't know I mean it's just I think it's interesting too because I started you know um dating again I'd say a little mm-hmm. bit more seriously like more you know what I mean like I'm like more successfully You're intending maybe. to date <laughs> well, and successfully doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm actually like um, – right, thank you. Intent, like my intention is – like my intention is in it. Um, mm-hmm. And the conversations I've had, like I just – I'm always startled with how it's – I mean I'm, I list very clearly. I'm sober. And the conversations are always – I mean people have such a, you know, stereotype in their mind of – what that means. And I forget that moment where somebody uh, like I, I was on a date with a guy a couple weeks ago or whatever. I was at his house and he says something like, um, he says, how long has it been? And in that moment I was like, and he, I think he'd also had a relationship with somebody that had been pretty severely addicted. And mm-hmm. in that moment he said something like, um, I, I don't, whatever it was, it made me feel like he was, calculating in his mind whether or not it would you know what a you risk, were sober enough I was a risk yeah oh boy. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if that's true or not but that's how it felt yeah. in that moment it is a weird it is weird right dear are you totally taken off like you well I know the answer to this because you've been like this forever like when you get asked you're like oh yeah there's like a thing people don't like go through when you tell them this 
Yeah, I am usually like, I mean, it's so nothing to me. I mean, it's obviously a big deal to me, but it's so the question is never in whether I'm stable. <laughs> like I'm so I'm always right. like I feel like saying, "Oh, honey, like I'm so much more grown up than you. Are you kidding me?" Like, I mean, I and that's true. This is always what I want to say to them is like, "Oh, sweetheart, if you only knew like what this means about me versus where you're at, you know? Like because that's yeah. the truth. Sobriety is like like you know, it's not. It ain't by accident. <laughs> like and right. Right. and like it's not just in a. It doesn't happen in a vacuum either. It's like this huge thing, and you actually grow yeah. up in every area of your life, right? And so, but people tend to have this like because of historically how we've looked at it. People don't understand that it's actually. I mean, you people evolve like it's a it's an entryway into evolution, and most people mm. live the same fucking day over and over and over for their whole fucking lives. And most yes. people don't do a ton of personal growth because they're not fucking forced to. And right. so, in this particular situation, I just was like, which it turned out to be true. Like, uh, the work I had done on myself had left us in two different places. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm not still dating the guy. (laughs) It's so true because I, I, um, one of our, our friends texted me this morning about JLo, this story. I would never know this, but JLo put a, had a story about her and A-Rod didn't even know they were dating, um, or together. And she wrote about how she, when he asked her out, when they met for their first date, he asked her if she wanted a drink and she said, no, I don't don't drink. drink. And then he was like, is it okay if I do? And it was like the main focus of the article. Like, I think that the title of the article is drunk and in love, you know, the Beyonce song. And I was like, that's news. (laughs) It's so fucking weird, but it is, you know, like I'm glad that place where it's a thing when people don't drink, it's a thing. And I don't know. I mean, it's just, it is like, you know, whatever it is until like, like everybody has their thing, you know, and like everyone has their thing. Everyone has their thing that they, like the, the, some, some sort of thumb, you know, kind of like tapping down on them, you know, and, and their thing might be, um, you know, drugs, like, you know, maybe cigarettes, it might be, you know, relationships, maybe codependency, it might be, gambling or you know I mean like you can go on and on and on and but everyone has their thing and like most people are just trying to cope and get through and don't usually face the thing because it takes a lot of work to face it and I think that there's just it's one of these things that I mean it is one of these things I think at this point I don't know if I would I mean I don't know what what I I don't know if I would prefer dating or not dating um somebody that's been through you know what I mean? I've kind of gone back and oh, forth I on know. it. Um, I, but I think it's like – You have to date someone who's been through personal growth of I a major so. kind. I, well, yeah. and we'll see. I mean, I don't know. But again, I don't want to make that that a condition. You, do you know what I mean? Like I think they have to be on the same path and the same willingness to grow. But I don't – do you know what I mean? Like I don't – that's actually not one of my bottom lines is that they've been through some sort of traumatic event that has forced them to look I'm not at their saying life. traumatic. I, I'm not saying traumatic. Well, usually saying, it is a traumatic thing to make like a big shit. Do you know what I mean? Like it's usually you lose something that forces people out of their comfort yeah. zone. I mean I'll say that's one of mine. 
But it's not one of mine. I'm, mine yeah. is that we're on the same path of growth, as in we're st- we're we're open to like we're awake and we're open to you want to grow. Yeah, it's not it's not that they've had a, a life altering event that pushed them towards awareness and wokeness. Um, it's a, you know, and, and I think do believe that's a, quite a distinction. But um, I don't know. What, how do we talk about? Oh God, why can we? Can, why can we not stick to the script today? Anyway, so my story there is, is going no script. Great. <laughs> is going great. Um, yeah. Okay. Next. Next is love. This will officially be my shortest answer. I have nothing to report. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's the first time. Uh, yeah, actually, I have nothing to report. So that's my love life. And that's that's great. Totally good. Yeah. That's great. How about you? Um, I feel like I do have something to report. I don't know. I mean, I've been working with the Zeta for like a year, like since January. Um, and it's funny because like, I talk to her a lot and – Zeta's yeah. kind of my therapist, um, coach, whatever, soul sister. Um, but I, it's interesting because we had this call yesterday and her mind, like she's just a very good mirror for holding up, you know, kind of where I've been. You know, mm-hmm. last year, last Halloween, I was, uh, I went and I met that tattoo artist, remember? Yes. We had our first date. God, that was a year ago? Yeah. And I walked into his house and he basically like, you know, I mean, basically, uh, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what it was. What was that? I don't. And see, that's a sober. He was sober. That's the other thing, too. Like, get it? Like, he'd been through that thing and he was not okay. But Um, he hadn't done the work of being a- but he had done some of the work i mean even going to aa for 12 years you know that doesn't mean anything i know that but there is but you said do you know what i mean like that like that's part of the equation but i don't but he wasn't in a he wasn't in a state of mind that he needed to do some sort of personal growth you know yeah, that, that yeah, he needed yeah. to work totally. on himself totally. um but i i mean i don't even know what that was i don't I'm know like, imagining if it's a chapter title in your book someday what was that <laughs> what is the chapter title? Like, I think what it's, is that? I think it's just, what was that? Who was that man? <laughs> yes. What? 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 <laughs> you know, in The Bright Hour, which is, I'm laughing, but it's not a funny book, but it's an amazing <laughs> book, where she's like, it, I think there was a chapter called Wait, What? Wait. Like, Wait, Pama, what? what? I think I no, think I think it's that. It, yeah. No, wait, I mean, I don't what? know what it was. It was very, very confusing. Not even confusing. I mean, this guy and I had – we. I had been to his – I had gotten tattoos and met him. Laura had met him. Very, like, incredibly attractive, mm-hmm. um, like, creative, uh, interesting dude. And I – we – and then we met on Tinder. And then we decided to date very quickly. And then I, I – in, he invited me over, like, on Halloween and I go and I trick or treat with my niece, and then I walk into his home, and he basically like I think we're having sex within like ten minutes, and I just have never done anything like that. I'm like in my mind, it was like, is this okay? And I was like, yeah, this is okay. Like, why not? Like, I mean, live a little, Holly. You know, like I'm I kind of am a really slow. Like, I really don't have that much sex, and so I was just like, all right, let's do this thing, and um. 
Then, but then it like was just, I mean, but then it was just awful. And I just, in the middle of it, I was just like, um, I mean, he was just terrible at it. And I just was like, I just stopped. And I mean, I literally was just like, we got to stop this. Like, just like. Like you pulled the record off? Like I was just sitting there looking at him with my arms crossed while he was fucking me. And he was like, are you not enjoying this? And I was like, absolutely not. Like. You really had your arms crossed? Yeah. I was just like, I was completely like my, everything about me was just like, um, like. Like, I had tried to guide it and, like, and he just wasn't having it, you know? Like, it was that, like, you know, the, like, you know, like, the quick, like, thumpering that guys do that they think that, like, I mean, I don't even think they think women want that. It's just a total, like, I'm going to pleasure myself. Like, remember, like, it's the masturbating in your vagina. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so, but, but that was, and the moment, the thing I was explaining was like, this is such a big moment for me because I was just like not going to pretend that I was like, he was so hot. And like, there was, I mean, he was a great, you would have never done that. And I would have like, I was just at this point where I was like, I am not going to sit here and make you feel good about bad sex. Like, I am not going to even fucking pretend. And like, and that was it, you know? And, and, and I, I tried to leave and he's, and then he's like, let's just sit and talk. And then we sat and talked and, um, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, um, no, but I was like, that was such a big moment for me of making that shift from like not being, like being in that situation and not pretending and not like, not worrying more about a male ego, but about my own, my own like integrity. Yes. And, um, and that was a big deal. And then like, and then this, and then, um, and then this, over this weekend, I was started dating somebody and I really liked him and, um, and he wasn't where he wasn't ready to, like, he was like, one of my bottom lines is like, this person isn't, is able to commit. Like, Matt, I don't mean this person is going to commit on the second date or the third date, but that this person is, has the ability to commit and has the intention to commit. And yes. he was very like, and it was just everything. He was like, so check so many boxes, like you know, and not even check so many boxes. I just don't like. I mean, I haven't liked anybody since Peter, you know, mm-hmm. and that's been over tears. And I liked this. I really liked this guy, um, but he just wasn't. He wasn't in that space to be able right. to do it. And he was clear about. it. We talked about it, and he was clear about it. And I like, and I had this like, oh, it was like Friday night. And, like, he was, like, I was going to go over to his house and we were going to kind of talk about this stuff, I guess. And we were most likely going to have really good sex. Like, that was what was going to happen. I was going to have really good sex for the second time in 2017. And then he said (laughs) the thing and, like, said, like, we could work on being, you know, he said, like, he said the thing that basically was just, like, I'm not good enough for you. What I'm offering you is not good enough. That was what he said in not so many words. And I was just like, in that moment, I made that, like, it's that same moment of, like, not just having shitty sex with that dude for the sake of just do, you know what I mean? Like, I in this moment, I just am sitting here, I'm, like, ready to go and just, like, have intimacy, which I, anyway. And I made that, like, I mean, I just made the decision to, to not, dip below what my bottom line is and passed on mm-hmm. it and blew it up. And mm-hmm. so, um, so anyway, I mean like in, it was huge, it was so huge. And it felt like I was like, I could go over to his place. We could, you know, fuck around. I could, you know, and I just saw myself leaving his home and yeah. feeling even worse. I saw myself like going into something where I knew I wasn't getting, where I knew the man was not going to be able to give me what I wanted. 
and then mm-hmm. and and then and and still moving forward in that. And I just was like, I can't do that. I can't ever do that again. Like I cannot do this mm-hmm. again. And I've I have dated so many men that were not, like that where I pressed on it. Men who were not yes. ready to be in a relationship with me and pushed it. And those men are now either perpetually single or they're married to other people. And right. I just was not going to do it. And I'm never going to fucking do it again. And so you know, like it was just this I don't know how but else to so say it. But it's so fucking hard in the moment. I mean, you were not happy about it. It sucks. Like you were I wasn't, happy about no, it. No, I wasn't. But, I know, but I wasn't like. De- I mean, like honestly, like I wasn't like. I didn't cry. I didn't like. I wasn't pit, no, like. But you were frustrated. It was just a frustration because you wanted to be able to like. You was, like him. How about this? It was like writing a craving. It was like writing an urge. It yeah. was not giving into my base instinct. It wasn't like trying to manipulate it. It wasn't trying. It wasn't feeling devastation or rejection or any of that fucking shit. It wasn't like this stuff like. It was just a very, it was a moment of being like the, you know, the thing that would like the thing that would be the, the easiest thing to do would be like Mm -hmm. to totally take his shitty offer and go over and fuck him and then walk away. And, and then I have like not, and then I have abandoned myself for what this, what this fucker was, you know? Right. And that would have been the ease. This is this is the templated thing. Um, this is the you know it's the it's the thing. And and to kid myself and to think that I could handle something like that, actually right. that I could handle betraying myself like that. And it was just this moment of like I I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. Like I I actually respect myself enough to not take your shitty fucking offer. Um, right. And to like and to completely concede to like you actually not wanting to give me not having any accountability to me right. or this. And right. so it was like that was it was hard, but it wasn't I didn't cry. I was just tired. I mean, I was just like, oh, fucking a, you know, like I'm just so right. like it was just like Azita said yesterday, like I am at the point where I'm ready to learn the lessons, not by breaking up. But I'm ready to learn the lessons with somebody. Does that make sense? Like I am really tired of the lesson being learned through the passage of of us knowing each other and then Mm -hmm. and it ending and that being where I gain, right, from the walking away or the rejection of it. It's I'm ready to learn while being in a relationship with someone. Like absolutely. So, I mean, it's good. Like it's, you know, it's been this very weird period of like it's it's you know it's been a very weird couple of weeks where I just like there's the part of me it's kind of like when you know it's that small little voice it's that small little part of me that that wants to to act out and do the the old thing and then there's the very grown-up part of me that's just like Mm. you are not like the like the me today he's not good enough like that guy isn't good enough like what he's offering isn't good enough Ergo, he's not good enough. It's not good yeah. enough. Yeah. And that is a very different thing. It, I am not sitting around thinking what I could have done differently. Even though, like, like Danny basically said, I wonder if you'd done something differently if he wouldn't have run or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just, like, not even that line of thinking. It's just, like, it's knowing my fucking worth and not dipping below it. 
in order to like make something that's not good enough work. Um, and it's a really empowering thing to feel. And I also like, and I've just, and it's also changed the course of like what I'm looking for at this point. I'm just not even going to go, like, I am not even going to kid myself like with, with like an idea that I'm able to, to settle for something that's not worthy of me at this point. So like yeah. love life is good because I actually feel like I'm ready for it. And also because I trust myself to, I trust myself to find what I'm looking for and, and not one like grain less than what I'm, what I have like set my standard at. Um, yeah, like I, I actually trust myself. And so it's crazy, right? Um, yeah. And it's taken a lot of work to get here. I mean, it's taken, I don't know how many, like, you know, it's like steadily climbed, but it's taken, it's taken a lot to get here, but I don't feel like I'm the same person. And I feel like I'm a fucking huge, like catch. And I also like, I know whoever I find is like, I know in my heart, which I didn't know before that I can find somebody that, that is worthy of this. And that, you know, I, I know that I, that he's out there and I know it, I know what he's not. Um, and that's a really yeah. powerful place to be. So, yeah. So I'm doing, I mean, it's like the best I've ever been and not because there's somebody in the picture. It's the best it's ever been because I, I actually have found the place that I have found the part of me that respects myself. Um, like, yeah. ho- like holy respects myself and like holy, that's the difference like wholly yeah. understands that I am the gatekeeper of like her and that like, and that I am not going to fucking compromise like ever again. Um, so yeah, doing good. Yeah. It's the biggest. It is yeah, the biggest I would say for sure. It's like my life's work. <laughs> like I would too. say like everything else is anyway. All right. Um, are we at the last thing? Yeah, yeah it's been a long, like, it's a long call. Um, we're at one twelve. Um, okay, job. Oh, job. I don't even know what my job is today. Um, <laughs> How's work? your career going? My career? My career is great. I am breathing after a long, crazy marathon of not breathing. Um, and by breathing, I'm just really focusing back on writing my book. And um, figuring out what's next. I'm going to launch another bigger yes in January. And I don't know. I had like 10 things going at the same time uh, a few weeks ago. And now I just have the two. And that feels really good. I feel, I, I you know, I feel like this is a boring check-in for me because I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm not having a big, massive struggle in anything right now. And um, But I... That in and of itself is a huge growth for me. Like I, I don't, I am, I am allowing, there are so many things moving still, uh, even when I'm not, how do I say this? I'm not um, creating activity in my life just to have crazy activity in my life Yeah. No, anymore. And I mean, the book, it, it, that's enough to fill up. It's just, it takes all the psychic energy I have <laughs> to, to do. So I'm back to waking up at four in the morning and, and doing that. And um, I'm doing a bunch of like marketing work. And I don't know. I feel like I 
am in the rhythm of my own work now. You know, mm-hmm. I know well, I have a structure around it that works for me. I am in a place where I can pick up my daughter from school every day at two and that fits into my life too. Like it just feels, my work feels integrated into the rest of my life for the first time ever. And that feels really, really big. You mean like it's a, like you mean it feels integrated into your life as if your life is like it's flowing. Like it's It's not. Yeah. Yes. It's not like. It's not dragging you around. It's not dragging me around. That's such a good way to put it. It's yeah. such a good way to put it. I'm yeah. not being dragged around by it. Fuck yeah. And it's not It's not like I go to work and then I come home or then I leave and go to the rest of my life and I'm just working so that I can get to the other part of my life. I love when I'm working and there's shit I don't love. Yes. But for the most part, I fucking love what I do yeah. uh, like 90% of the time and uh, I still have fears and all that stuff about money and whatever, but it's really, I'm not being dragged around by it. It's an amazing way to put it. It just feels like I, I feel, um, I was talking to Meadow about it yesterday. Like she's, she's writing a book right now and she was asking me questions about like, where do you have fear in your life right now? Um, or where do you, where's your self-worth low? And she asked about, work or money. And I said, it's not low at all anymore. If anything, it's one of the higher spots. And she's like, that is so different from what you would have said a year ago. Like it's completely different because I didn't know. I had no idea. You know, I still, it's still not that I know. I don't know how I'm going (laughs) to, where money's coming from in six months. (laughs) You you know, I, I don't, but I don't worry about that. I know I'm going to be okay. I know I will figure it out. I know I will make it be there. And I know I'm like, I, I just, you know, I, I have that um, solid faith and trust, trust in myself really. Yeah. So that's how it feels. It feels great. And yeah, there's no big, big rub or anything. I mean, the book is, I, I can't, if I really wanted to get into a struggle, I would talk about the book, but I'm not going to do that because it's, it's like when people are asking me lately, like, how's it going? It's like, I just, I can't. Good. Because it's my <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's going fine. Great. It's my baby that Good. I don't want to talk about. Okay. No, I get it's it. It's fine. I Let's totally move on. Uh, I love it. And how's your work? Um, It's great. I mean, it's like firing. It's all firing. Um. Mm-hmm. I like I'm sitting here holding a contract with an agent in that uh, for my book, which is um, mm-hmm. or for books. Um, and I feel like that's kind of crazy. Um, I've been I mean, it, it kind of is like you and I started talking about this a couple weeks ago and I explained to you. I think I yeah, I said to you exactly. I said, I need somebody that understands I don't want to be an author and that understands mm-hmm. that I want to write books. And, um, and then I had a phone call with a woman I've been talking to for a while and she literally was just like, this is what I think you should do. And I'm obsessed with it. And I want to like, and I want to be your girl. And I was just, it was one of those moments of like, fuck (laughs) yes. Like she was like, like she, it was just this like, like immediate manifestation. Um, what? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, and I I have to like really, when that happens, like I really have to play that up because there's, you know, like I, and I'm, I'm out raising funds. I'm doing fun. I'm fundraising to grow hip sobriety. 
um, and Hips Alrighty School, and um, which is now trademarked. Um, and that is um, crazy and great. Um, and I am, what else? I don't know. I mean, work is so good. Like work is so fucking good. And, um, and terrifying. I mean, I went to bed last night and I was like, oh my God, I can't do, I like literally went to bed and I was like, I'm kidding myself. I'm so kidding myself that I can do this. Um, yeah, but the difference is you used to feel like that every day (laughs) and it happens like maybe once every couple months now. Yeah. And, and that it was, it was a, it was a rare thing. It doesn't normally happen. And like I said, I woke up and I told my cat I was awake and then we watched 30 Rock and then I went back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, it's so good. And then it ended. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was doing, I talked about this. I'm going to write a a blog post about this. I did this Sardarshan Chakra Kriya. I'm going to do it for 90 days. I finished 40 days yesterday. And you are? I'm going to go for 90 <laughs> days. Yeah. Why not? Um, I mean, I meditate. Like, you know, I do meditate every day. It's just um, I haven't been – I, I would you say – You hated everyone. Um, I, I know. I hate it. Like, wait. What do you mean I hated everyone? When you were doing that, you got – you were angry. I'm like, still doing were- it. I haven't stopped doing it. Oh, you're still – it's still going? It's not the end? Yesterday was my 40th day. Okay. I lost track of time on it. Um, no, I mean, it, I think it completely changed me. I think I would have never been able to, to do the, the fundraising, nor would I be able to have like, you know, kind of walked away pretty easily from, um, Mm -hmm. basically like (laughs) on paper, what I'm looking for in a man. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be able to, to do uh, like most of the things that I'm doing right now, if I hadn't been doing that practice every day, it just was a real stabilizing force, a real grounding force. I think it's, um, you're going to write about it so people know what it is? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. You just look up Sardarshan Chakra Kriya. Um, and I posted on Instagram yesterday. And it's a very famous Kundalini Kriya um, meditation. But um, but yeah, um, I feel like that's been like a huge sustaining and transforming like force in my world, um, especially like to enable me to do the work. I don't think I would have been able to do the work had I not done it. So. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I'm just giving you shit because I get to hear the like the first ten days. You haven't talked about it since then, but I would say the first ten days or so, you woke up and you're like, fuck. Well, <laughs> I mean, the first it was when I started fundraising. It was also, um, it was also giving me gas at first, and it was also yeah. like, um, making me feel like I was on drugs. I actually had to stay in bed all day, and it was also in the middle of when I had to have that hard, really hard, like really hard conversations with like. You yeah. know, like some of the yeah. people I've been working – like I had to have like f- like three really hard conversations in that period of yeah. time. And um, so I don't know. I mean I think it brings up – I think of course it brought up like a lot of stuff. It's called like a psychic cleaner. Um, <laughs> and so it just kind of like lifts all your shit to the surface. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm, I mean, you know, I usually hate everybody. Like, I mean, like that's not a yes. special, there's no special day. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I, like we've ta- we've said before, like Steph Snyder, like my baseline is agitated. Um, slightly agitated. <laughs> yeah. I got on the elevator this morning at like whatever, 5 a.m., 5.30, and this woman, I was, I walked on, and this woman, I was like, hi, good morning, and she looked at me and then looked back down at her phone, 
And I like sat in the elevator and I was like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> so, like, <God>. super normal. <laughs> super normal. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. I think All that's right. it. It is. Okay. <sighs> Sweet.